and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. and welcome back to the podcast. Today's podcast is all about collaboration with your OTs, SLPs, all of your related service providers. I have two co-hosts today. My third one is Lizzie. You guys met Lizzie last week and are busting the myths of ABA podcast. She was supposed to be on today's episode. She had to cancel last minute, but she did send me what she wanted me to share. So for each question, I'll present it to the group and then I'll read what Lizzie sent me and then the other two contributors will expand off of that. So I'm going to go ahead and have them introduce themselves now. And Amanda, I'll start with you. Hi, I'm Amanda. I am a recent BCBA. I just became a BCBA in November. And um, I really love collaboration because it's how I got to where I am. I started off in a classroom where all sorts of therapists were in the classroom and I got to really observe what they all do. And that's how I found my complete passion for ABA and um, noticed that like it's it's what I really wanted to do and so now I work as a teacher in a classroom um, for kids on the spectrum and I don't have therapists um, that are from the school but therapists do come into the classroom and I get to collaborate with them. Hi I'm Alexandra um, or Allie and I am also a recent BCBA. Amanda and I actually studied together and I've been a BCBA since November um, I started in the classroom as well. I was a public school classroom teacher in Massachusetts, and then I found my way down to Florida where I've been working as a district behavior specialist, also in a public school setting, um, and then went and got my BCBA. So some school experience as well, started in the classroom, found, fell in love with behavior, found my way into the world of behavior, and now I'm in a school setting still, but working as a BCBA. Very cool. And so I'm super excited to do this episode because it was a very small world, but uh, before we started this podcast, I was talking about how it's really different because I was a public school teacher and my SLP, OT, all related service providers were in the building. So I just walked down the hallway to collaborate with them. And so now that I'm in a private clinic, I had a client where I needed to speak to the speech therapist. I just got an email address. I emailed, they sent me a phone number. I call, it's my former speech therapist from my school. And it was such a small world that we're collaborating again. And it reminded me how much I loved collaborating with her. And I was like, there's gotta be a way that I can replicate this, even if I don't have that relationship with the SLPs and OTs the way I did in the classroom. So our episode today is going to talk about that. So the first question was, how do you go about establishing those relationships? And Lizzie shared that for her, it all starts with the respect and understanding. She said it was really important to respect that they are the expert in their designated field and we're the experts in our designated field. But we have to work together to create that best outcome for our clients. And we have to have that same common goal of wanting the best for the client. Yeah, I'd share that um, the the biggest way to establish a, a relationship is asking for help. Um, you're only going to be able to build that trusting relationship when you when you show them that their opinion really matters, that you value what they have to offer into the a classroom or the clinic or wherever you are working. And when you use what they're what they're giving you and you see it's working and you took their advice, you start to build trust from one another. And 
I think it's a beautiful uh, relationship that can grow from that. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo what everyone else has shared, you know, with really building those connections and those relationships with the other service providers. Um, for me, I can have anywhere between 20 to 30 schools that I'm supporting. So even though I am in that school setting, you know, each school has their own SLP, their own OT, psych, social worker. So there are many, many people that I'm collaborating with and really just pairing just like we would with any of our students or our clients, I feel like is so important to do with adults as well. And something that we you know, sometimes forget about, I'm not just going to call someone up and say, hey, tell me how to do this without pairing first and, you know, really connecting with them on that basic level. And I think that's so important when we just start with pairing and finding something we can connect on, whether it's something we have in common or, you know, that thing in common might just be we're working with the same student, but really starting with that relationship and then building up to that level where I can reach out to them and say, hey, I need help with this or, hey, let's connect on this or let's collaborate on this is really, really important. I love that concept of pairing. It totally makes sense to build that that relationship before you start plunging in, especially if you're working through like maybe more intensive situations where you need a lot of support, kind of having something outside of that can really help that conversation flow a little bit more for sure. Absolutely. Right. And I agree. I think it's, you will only have a working relationship, but when you become, when you create a friendly relationship, you get to you know, really bounce off of each other. And, and it's like a more comfortable situation that it's just for not only for you, but also for your clients. Absolutely. And the next question kind of ties into that because, you know, in the best case scenario, we're always getting along with latest service providers. We're all on the same page, but sometimes we are going to be on different pages because we do come from different backgrounds. So what do you do in a scenario where the related service provider's suggestion differs than what you thought you were going to do? And so Lizzie said it really depended. If it was related to their field, you're gonna, she's going to follow their lead and then do her own research. But if it's something related to behavior, ABA, she'll explain her stance on the matter. So she'll ask how they're feeling about her suggestion and she'll try and work together to find a common ground. And if they're not budging, then she'll support her stance with evidence-based strategies and studies. Yeah, I think you have to see what, what the client or your student really needs. Um, make sure that it's, it, you ethically agree with it. And once you do, you can give it a try. Um, if, if not, then you continue to talk about it and find somewhere where you both agree. But you'll even see this when it's both people are in ABA. It's not just across different services. Um, everyone has different opinions and uh, wants to do their own thing. So it, it just goes across anyone you're working with. And, trying to get, you know, bounce off of each other. Um, but you just always have to remember that you're, everyone's there for the best interest, interest of their client. Absolutely, yeah. I, I love what Amanda said about, you know, even in the field of ABA that happens, when I work um, and kind of consult with some of my schools, we talk about that a lot, right? Like if we have a problem behavior that we're trying to deal with with a student and two people have conflicting ideas, we, that's fine, but want to talk about that and come to that common ground. So it's the same thing with, with any service provider, right? So I would really start with having that open conversation with them and just hearing them out as to like, why is this the intervention that you're recommending? Because it might just be that once I have that conversation, I say like, oh, I didn't really think of it that way. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, let's try that. That sounds great. Um, if not, if I still disagree with it, then, you know, similar to what's been said so far, is it just because that's their field and not mine, then maybe I'm going to support by taking data and looking at, is the student having a response to this intervention? 
Um, if it's something that's totally unethical, then of course we have that obligation, you know, to our client, to our student to speak up and say, this isn't ethical and here's why, and here's what we can do instead. But I think having that open dialogue, which really relates back to having those relationships with the service provider, where we can say, you know, let's talk about that. Let me hear your thought process and how you came up with this. We're either going to say, yeah, that sounds great. Or, well, let's continue that conversation and see how we can tweak it so that everyone kind of wins in the end there, especially the student or the client. Right. When you're trying to build that trusting relationship with that other service provider, it's them also trusting you. So it's uh -huh. everyone working together. And if you don't agree with something, then when you have that trusting relationship, they'll also take your opinion on it and see what, how they can improve and see how you can meet in the middle and, and do what's best for the student. So what do you do if you have a client that you need to collaborate with an SLP or OT or related service provider on, but you don't feel confident in the lingo? So like you can see you have a client that maybe is having some sensory processing needs, but you don't know how to say, you know, you don't even know what proprioceptive input means, let alone be able to like articulate in quote unquote OT lingo what's going on. How do you feel confident and still like coming to the table and wanting to collaborate when you don't really know how to speak the talk? So I think um, they, we don't know their lingo just the way that they don't know ours. We all studied what we studied and that's what we feel comfortable with. So you have to remember that we're all learning and that we're all experts in different things and you just have to try your best to really describe like what it is that you need help with what it is that you're seeing and make sure that when they give you their opinion and what um, they think of the situation you totally understand and if you don't understand then be comfortable asking for them to describe it in different ways and leave the conversation knowing that you're both on the same page yeah, absolutely. I love, you know, what Amanda said, they know what they know, we know what we know. Anyone who either is studying for the BCBA exam or has studied for the BCBA exam knows how much lingo we have and how long it took us probably to learn and understand that lingo. So, you know, the same goes for any other field. We're not going to know what everything's called. And I think just understanding and accepting that, like, no one knows everything. And the more we have those relationships and collaborate and work with each other, that's an opportunity for us to learn those things, which is, is really great. Um, as BCBAs, we're really good at operationally defining behavior. So if you can go and have that operational definition and just say, this is what I'm seeing, this is what it looks like, this is when it's happening, and you know, admit that maybe I don't know what that's called in your field or I don't know how to respond to it, that's a great place to start and then be open to that feedback and be open to learning and having those collaborative conversations really with the idea of, hey, here's what I see, here's what I need, here's how I could use your support, but maybe I don't know what that looks like from your field and work together and be open to learning from that. This reminds me of when Allie and I, when we were studying together and we first started learning about the terms and um, we would like try our best to describe it and make sure that we were using the, the right term. Yeah. And technology to describe the term and little by little you get more comfortable with it but at the beginning you just have to trust yourself and know that that no one's judging you and you're all just trying to learn and you're constantly learning and Ali and I are now both BCBAs and um, we're constantly texting each other trying to learn more so you're never just done. Right I think that's such a good point and even in the field of behavior I have site-based behavior specialists that I support and maybe I'll say something and they're like 
what is that word that you just said? Like I said, manding the other day. And they're like, why can't you just call it asking for something? And so, the, you know, the same goes for any field, right? Everyone has their lingo. And as long as, you know, sometimes we like to be fancy and use our lingo and so does everyone else because we spent so long studying it and learning what it means. But as long as you have that mindset of, okay, let's learn from each other. And here's the end goal that we're trying to get at, then that's really, really the ultimate goal, right? Is we're, we're working to have the best interest in, um, you know, the student or the client in mind. So let's just have that end goal and be willing to learn from each other and not know what things mean. And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. And I'll just say, don't do what I did. Cause I would try and look up the terminology so I could go to my OT and sound so smart. And then she had no idea what was going on because I described it completely inaccurately. But <laughs> right, it takes so much studying to do. Yeah. And she was like, what? So she finally was like, what Lizzie said is just describe exactly what you see. And my OT said the same thing. She's like, don't try and look up my jargon. Do not look up an OT dictionary. Just tell me in your words what you're seeing. That helps me so much more. But mm -hmm. for a while, I was reading blogs and being like, I know what's going on. And I was describing something that was totally not happening in my classroom. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last question was, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? And Lizzie said that while it's so important to work together, it's even more important to remember what's best for the client. So advocate for them and making sure everybody wants what is best. So it shouldn't be a power struggle. It shouldn't be ABA is better or speech is better to fix this. It's everyone working together because whatever's best for that client is the goal of everybody at the table. Right, I agree. I think we're all our students or clients' biggest advocates. Advocates. Um, <laughs> we're all constantly learning from each other, and we're all trying to work together. And we're. It's such a um, amazing opportunity to have people to work together with. Um, you know, to have a team to bounce off of each other. To have a new eye come into your classroom and say and point something out and say. Um, you know, uh, give you an opinion or advice on something that you can work on. You're constantly saying the same thing every day. So to have someone come in new is also a refresher. Um, and, and when you bounce off of your ideas and, and implement things to your classroom or to um, your therapy session, you can see the progress. And I think we can continue to learn from each other and build off of each other. And I'm grateful for collaboration because as I said, it's how I got to where I am. And I saw how in one classroom that had an OT, a PT, and um, a speech therapist and the WCBA, they all work together for the best of their students. So I think um, it's amazing. And also a collaboration between all the therapists and also including the parents to take it back home is also really important. So I think communication is a huge part about collaboration and um, working together. I tend to operate under the assumption that everyone has the best interest of our students or clients or whatever population you're working with in mind. Um, so everyone, whatever role you play, whether you're a BCBA, OT, SLP, we all want to be heard and we all want to be able to share our expertise and what we feel is, you know, the best intervention, um, the best plan of action for our students or clients. So really just making sure that everyone has that seat at the table and can come together and work collaboratively with that student's best interest in mind. Um, you know, I always say that for me, I'm in a school setting, so we're here for the kids. And if we did what's best for kids that day, then everyone wins. So I think if we, you know, have that mindset and work together and can collaborate and just understand that we're really all there for the same reason, for the same purpose, and we need to 
keep everyone's perspective in mind and work together for that ultimate goal of making sure that our student or client or whoever it is, is able to be successful and really have the most beneficial outcome, then everyone will, will really achieve the goal that we're all working towards together. Thank you both so much for coming on today's podcast. I hope you guys feel a little bit more comfortable and building those relationships. It takes time, but it is worth putting that time in to build a relationship so you all can work collaboratively for your clients. I will have everyone's social media links in the show notes, so be sure to check them out on Instagram. And again, thank you all for coming to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at AdaptationStation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.